Mics are hot. Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. And again, we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. And we've got a lot to talk about today. A lot of things happening. Hurricane Ida fallout continues, which we're going to lead with here. Some big MLS news. And apparently, we've got a local suburb that was ranked the sixth most suburban-friendly place to live in the country. I don't even know what that means. We'll talk about it. Stacy, how are you making out today? Pretty good. I'm glad to be here. That's for sure. We are glad to have you as always. We got Nick here, our man behind the camera. Maybe we'll hear him say like three words today. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so let, let, let's talk about what's going on right now because of Hurricane Ida. And when, when you weren't here last week, Stacey, we actually kind of foreshadowed this unintentionally with, with Monica, which was like, what happens after these natural disasters? You got a home under contract. How does this go? And I've been through this a couple times with Hurricane Sandy. Uh, I mean, that that's the most recent one I can think of. But now we've got tornadoes that are in the mix, which is still a little crazy to me. And we got a notice from our preferred mortgage lender, Mortgage America. They are the best mortgage company I've run into in the 20 years I've been doing this. I know you feel the Absolutely. same way. 110%. And this is how ahead of it these guys are. So we have a Slack work communication. If you don't know what Slack is, then you might have well been living under a rock. And we get this message from Kyle Sutera, who's uh, one of the three gentlemen we work with at Mortgage America. And he says, hey, guys, any properties that were appraised on or before September 5th, which is the day of the hurricane, are going to require a reinspection by the appraiser prior to closing. And that goes into effect for all counties in our general area because we're in the presidentially declared major disaster area. And he goes on to say, reinspections do not take long. They shouldn't hold up many transactions. Just be aware this is happening and encourage everyone, being buyers, sellers, agents on the other side of the transaction, to be as accommodating as possible. The appraisers will be spread very thin as a result of this. So what do you think about all this? I mean, uh, I, you know, get into your reaction as an agent, then we can kind of talk through what this means and, and how to navigate these transactions. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> this happened. I, I am experiencing this firsthand with um, the deals being held up and uh, buyers and sellers being affected, um, you know, to no fault of their own. In there's a lot of it. This is like a blanket. Mm -hmm. It's a blanket um, declaration. <clears throat> so obviously there's a lot of homes that have not been affected. And unfortunately, there's a lot that have been affected. And I, I really feel bad for those people because it, it's been devastating in a lot of areas, um, especially like my hometown, Downingtown. Mm -hmm. So the um, I understand, uh, you know, protecting their interests with the mortgage companies have to uh, do reinspections. But on the flip side... When you're dealing with the buyers and sellers on on a on a real personal level, mm -hmm. it's created so much extra stress on their part, you know, with moving companies and rearranging and, you know, what does this mean? We can't close today. And just it's been very, very stressful on all sides. It's affected um, two deals of mine this week. One yesterday, we're still trying to schedule. Um, but and the appraisers are going to be inundated and overwhelmed 
So this is just the beginning of it. I don't know in a, how far down the line this is going to go as far as what's going to be in store for closings in the next two weeks, three weeks, because the title companies, you know, they're, they're stacking closings now as it is. Mm-hmm. So how can you, you know, triple and double up on closings? It's tough. It's a tough situation, but I totally understand what, why this happened. I mean, there's nothing you can do about a natural disaster. I mean, Correct. I'm just glad a lot more people didn't, you know, the, 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 was the, the, the people that got harmed in this, you know, physically and didn't have their lives, it, it, was, a, it was a small number compared to what it could have been. So that's kind of number one. And that's probably how people should be thinking about it. If Remember, if we talked about Gary V, he said, I'm just grateful no one in my family died right. today. And yep. I, I think people might need to take that approach with these transactions, number mm-hmm. one. Um, secondly, you've got to realize these mortgage companies, they have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in in these properties. It's not, right. you know, if your home's mortgage, it's not just your home. The mortgage company owns a piece of it. Right. I mean, that's the way it works. So they're going to want to protect their investment. And this has happened before. This is normal. You mentioned Downingtown and parts of Chester County. I mean, there's also, you know, I mean, you know, 676 was like a canal, yeah. right? I mean, there's a lot of homes that took a lot of water. So if I'm buying that home, I mean, and I have... 80% of the value being lent out or 95% or 50% or whatever the number is, that person's going to want to understand or that party's going to want to understand that their investment is protected. So there's nothing unreasonable here, number one. Right. Um, to your point, there's a major challenge here when it comes to appraisers because right now, according to um, the uh, 2018 um, professional fact sheet from the uh, U.S. Appraisal Institute, there's only 78,000 mm-hmm. appraisers in the country. Mm-hmm. And these guys are already backed up because transaction volume's up. They're already taking weeks to turn around appraisals. Uh, I mean, the, the, the appraisal industry has really been exposed here over the past 18 months, and they're the ones that have to go back out. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, there's all these delays happening. Like you said, title companies are scheduling everything. It's all getting moved around. You got moving companies. There's a whole chain of events that happens here that no one talks about. Mm -hmm. So this is going to cause some pain for people from a timing perspective. I'd encourage all the buyers and sellers to just be grateful that again, nobody died. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully everything's moving forward with their house. Um, And we'll talk about kind of what to look for and, and walk through issues here in a second you're going to have to have some patience here because there's a lot of people that were affected really negatively. I mean, right. the, just our, our team members alone that I know live out in, in kind of Western Chester County. I mean, they had four or five inches of water in their basement. Yeah. A couple of them couldn't get home for like three, four hours at a time. It was, uh, it, it was th- there was real issues here. So some people might need to understand there's, there's other problems that are a little bigger than their house closing on time. And they're not going to feel that way. People mm-hmm. always prioritize what goes on in their lives and especially in real estate, because it's one of those top three or four most stressful things people go through. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, what, what I see here, knowing that's the case, this is the job of the smart agent to get ahead of this. Right. And I would literally, if I was, if I had people that were going to be affected by this, I would block out two hours of my day call down each and every one pending sale and tell my clients what's going on and what to expect. I'd probably send out an email in advance, include a video so they can see the empathy because there's nothing easy about this situation and make it clear that, Hey, this isn't anyone's fault. It's what we're dealing with. Here's what's going to happen. We've seen this before. And if you haven't get connected with an organization or someone who has, and that way you're, you're not having those freak out phone calls that a lot of agents tend to get because they don't explain anything up front. Right. So that to me is a number one for an agent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what should buyers and sellers be doing right now if they were effective? What would you be recommending? I mean, you're you're in you're in it right now. So what what are you telling well, your people? Well, it, yeah, I'm just trying to um, calm everybody down. That's first and foremost because, it, like you said, it's so stressful anyway. And this has really I haven't had ch- a chance to even talk to my folks who might be closing next week or the following week yet because I'm dealing with. Um, yesterday's and today's and tomorrow's events. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, just trying to keep everybody calm. It, th- we will definitely close because everybody had clear to close. This is just a, a bump in the road. Um, and both sides are are going to be a little inconvenienced. But again, like you said, w- there was severe devastation. People mm-hmm. did lose lives in Downingtown where I'm from. Yeah, so no, and I'm, I'm, we're not yeah. minimizing any of that. That's right. obviously the priority. Exactly. So, for the most part, um, what I've experienced is that once they get over the initial shock of, of um, the delay, they're they're okay. They're on board. They're going to just sit back and wait for something to happen, you know, wait for the appraisers to come back out and the mortgage companies to uh, release the funds and then we can close. Well, that, that, is, that is the most important thing an agent should be doing is just having that conversation of, hey, here's what happens. Don't be alarmed. This is normal. And because it's it's not it's not a common thing that happens. It's common enough that we know that this is going to be the direction things go. So that that's what everyone needs to hear right now. That's listening. If you're in one of these transactions, there's nothing abnormal here. You're borrowing a lot of money. It's a huge financial transaction. This is what's going to happen. Now the flip side is, and I think this is the issue people should really be talking about because there's a lot of homes that didn't get hurt, and or, or maybe they got a little bit of water, and it wasn't that bad. Uh, and, and any water is bad in my view, but it, it was, you know, nothing, nothing that's crazy. So you get to like the pre-settlement walkthrough, mm-hmm. what should buyers be looking for and what should sellers be prepared to deal with, especially if there was some kind of damage from the storm? Because I don't think a lot of folks really understand the purpose of these walkthroughs. And they also don't understand what rights they have in the agreement, especially when they're waiving home inspections to secure homes, mm-hmm. that there's still other rights available. So what are you looking for? It's, you know, now this has happened. It's two weeks later. Let's say you got a walkthrough coming up right after the show here. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things are you looking for to make sure the buyer's interest is protected? Well, I'd be reaching out to the listing agent just to see what they, if they have any um, information, if there was storm damage before we do the walkthrough. If there was, I'll gather the information, what was done, um, you know, to mitigate the, uh, any damages. And going forward, if there are major damages, you know, what can we do? Problem solving right off the jump. Um, If there hasn't been any issues, I'm still going to remind the buyers we're going to look for any type of smell before we enter the basement. Great, great point. Yeah, yeah, there's an odor to the to the mildew in the mold, Um, especially if a, a basement has become wet. And it's drying out. Look for fans blowing around water or, you know, blowing around because then that's a good sign. I'm not so concerned about dehumidifiers because when I go into do showings and there's a dehumidifier running, I actually appreciate that because it's a, it's definitely a, a good mitigating um, instrument for keeping uh, basements dry. And I think all basements should have some type of dehumidif- dehumidifiers going. So that doesn't really... Um, send any alarms to me, but we're definitely going to look for any type of damage that might have uh, come in into the basement. Go around the house, check around um, to see if there's any type of, um, you know, like gutters that were formed 
from overflowing water coming out of the gutters. Mm -hmm. Because if there's an overflow of water, that could indicate uh, clogged gutters, which, you know, helps water enter the basement area. So there's there's a couple of things to obviously look for. Um, you know, use all your senses. So I, I agree with that. And what, what, what I'm clear people need to know is what their rights are. Because let's say they waived an inspection. I think you gave some really good, like, tactical... You can always detect moisture with your nose. Love that. You know, check out the water runoff. You can usually see the signs of this Mm -hmm. stuff. So here's what people are entitled to. And I think this is really important because a lot of times, especially in the in in the age of waived home inspections, Mm -hmm. some sellers think, well, that means they're just buying the property as is, and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the agreement of sale, and this is in Pennsylvania, and this is might be a little dry, so I'm gonna make it quick and 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 to the point. There's a clause called maintenance and risk of loss. And the maintenance and risk of loss uh, paragraph, it is on page page 11 of the agreement of sale, paragraph 18. And it says specifically, seller will maintain the property, including but not limited to structures, grounds, fixtures, appliances, and personal property uh, specifically listed in the agreement in its present condition, normal wear and tear expected. So they have to maintain the property in its current condition. Mm -hmm. And if anything fails before settlement, now, fails could be water's getting into the property. There's mold. There's mildew. Anything that happened, we've we verified all this with the PAR legal hotline prior to the show here. So you know where we're getting the information. That's the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors. From the day the contract was executed up until settlement. That's the time frame that we're talking about. So if anything fails, the seller can say, hey, we're going to repair or replace that before settlement. And that's the end of it. The buyer can't get out at that point. If they're going to repair or replace it, that's it. And that, that's really important to note. Or they can offer two things and they'll have to deliver written notice to the buyer of the seller's decision to either credit for settlement, a fair market value of the failed part of the property um, as acceptable to the lender, or they're not going to do anything. And if the seller doesn't do anything, that's when the buyer can get out. So if the seller's willing to fix things, mm-hmm. the buyer doesn't get to pick the contractor. They don't get to dictate terms. It has to be fixed uh, repaired or replaced, period. I mean, that, that that's what it says right in the contract here. And again, this has been verified by the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors. So in this particular situation, they, they there's not this, oh, well, there's water. We went out of the property. Now, now the seller may still let them out. I don't know how that's going to go, but this is what the agreement of sale says. And that's where it's really important to get legal advice mm-hmm. if you don't totally agree with this. All we can do is tell people what the agreement of sale says. So in these situations, you go down there and there's watermarks on the wall or the drywall is cut out and they're not, they're telling you they're not going to do anything else. It's important for buyers to know that the only obligation of the seller is maintain and repair or replace. It's, they don't have to give a credit. You can't negotiate the credit. And if you don't agree, then you got to go to mediation, go to court. And that's how this, this typically is going to play out. So have, have you seen any walkthrough issues yet from this sort of thing? Not from this sort of thing, no. I have not personally seen any issues uh, with any water entering or storm damage, I should say, because it could be roofing materials, mm-hmm. like, you know, damaged roof, um, windows or, or gutters falling off. But I have not personally seen any damage from the storm. Got it. Got materials. it. Yep. So while we're on the walkthrough topic, because I think we, we've kind of explained exactly what to do in these storm issues. While we're on the wa- uh, the, the walkthrough topic, what else are you doing at walkthroughs? Like, talk, talk to me about, like, do you have, like, a plan when you go in? What things are you checking for? What aren't you checking for? Because that's really the buyer's last chance to make sure they're getting what they paid for. And the buyer's entitled to two walkthroughs. That's what the agreement of sale calls for. So wh- wh- what's your process there, Stacey? For the final walkthrough or for both? 
Uh, let's let's call it final at this okay. point. So uh, we have a, a checklist that we use. Um, it's called the final walkthrough checklist, <laughs> which is awesome. Did you come up with that name? Was that the creative one? <laughs> yeah, that's the creative name. So um, I, I just did a walkthrough on, oh my gosh, these days are running together. I think it was Monday. Um, we just did a final walkthrough, had the checklist. And basically on the checklist, it has all the pertinent things that you need to check. You're going to check the faucets, make sure, you know, the hot water is working, the cold water comes out, make sure there's no leaks underneath um, each and every faucet. Mm -hmm. Check all the appliances, make sure they're working. All the burners on the stove, the oven, the dishwasher, uh, the refrigerators plugged in working, the AC kicks on or the heater. Um, let's see what else is on the checklist. You just want to make sure that everything is, you know, the same condition as when they went through uh, either for their showing or their first walkthrough with their inspector. Um, so you just go through the checklist, you check off each and every item, take notes. It was a great time for uh, my particular buyer yesterday or Monday when we did the walkthrough, he did a couple more measurements and made notes of things that he wanted to do right away so he could get a jump start on going shopping at Home Depot, things like that. Outlets, he wanted some basement paint. So it's just a great opportunity to make sure that everything is functioning that's on the list. Everything's fine. If there is an issue, you definitely have to reach out to the listing agent and, um, you know, bring up any issue. But, uh, you know, once you check off all those items, then you feel that it's been very successful. And and the thing, the other keyword I'd add there is that the property's vacant and broom swept. Like that, yes. I mean, people expect like the property to be sparkling clean, and that, that's probably what you should do. That's the right thing to do, in my view. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't do it. Mm -hmm. That's another story. So you want to make sure everything's working. It's the condition okay. that you saw it in when you toured the property. Mm -hmm. No, nothing's failed that wasn't disclosed. Any inspection repairs were done. If yep. there was items that were to be left, or they yep. negotiated certain appliances, or if there's items that were had to be removed, make sure that they're gone. Mm -hmm. And and the the best advice I have here for buyers and for sellers is get this stuff worked out before you sign the documents. Because if you don't, you're going to have a heck of a time mm -hmm. trying to negotiate anything after someone's gotten their check, they moved That's out right. of state. You know, I mean, can can you do it? Sure. How likely is it? I don't really know. So. The walkthrough is your chance to make sure that you're getting what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, the, the, there's there's a lot of reasons we're talking about this here. We know that non-contingent deals don't waive those rights of maintenance. That's really important to know because a lot of people will tell you otherwise. But again, this is verified by the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors legal hotline, and it, it's from the date of contract up until the settlement. And the walkthrough is your chance. Now, you do get two walkthroughs. So, real quick, if some do you, do you see a lot of people take advantage of both walkthroughs? What do they, oh, yes. how, how do they use it? Like yes. that, that might be a good, uh, a good, a good thing to share here with the audience. It's very important to use both walkthroughs. Um, even if you waive inspections, you definitely have to take, you take your two walkthroughs, utilize the time, um, to either do your own inspection, um, throughout the house on your first walkthrough, take measurements, pictures, whatever you're going to need. Um, I, I think it's really, really vital Typically for my buyers, I recommend that they utilize their first walkthrough uh, to go along with their inspector, inspection, uh, the home inspection. Uh, inspection. <laughs> the home inspector. <laughs> I-N-S-P-E-C-T-I-O-N. It's been a long couple of I weeks. got you. I'm just... Oh, thanks, Tom. And to spend that time with the inspector to get to know the house, because that's really important. Where's the main water shutoff valve? You know, how's my heater? So... 
to me, that's vital that the homeowner or the potential buyer spends that time with the inspector. And then obviously the final walkthrough, get as close to closing date as possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, take the time. It might take an hour, it might take an hour and a half, depending on the size of the house, but make sure you take the time to go through with your buyer to check off all of those things on the checklist. Got it. Got it. So we know how to use the walkthroughs. We know what to do now that things are are coming up and, and we're dealing with a natural disaster here. We know that you don't waive your rights from a non-contingent deal. What maintenance and risk of loss is? So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here and we're going to jump in next to some major changes coming from the MLS, kind of our industry news section here. And then we're going to talk about this whole article about Exton being the most friendly, friendly suburb or in, in the country, whatever the heck that means. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online. I got a commercial right here for you, by the way. Script and everything, freshly off the print. One week. Actually, it was printed out an hour ago. Find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S. It's for savings. Fifteen. The state market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group. All right, nine seconds. Stand by. 692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. And we were talking about Paul Haratunian from our team. He is awesome. He's awesome. That's what you heard from Stacy there as we were coming in. Yeah. Uh, and again, we are streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Stacy and I both work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. So what Stacy and I want to go over next, and, and this is something that I anticipate we will see coming down the pike mm -hmm. shortly, is that um, about five days ago, there was some news that broke that the largest MLS in the nation signed off on a ton of changes to listings. Um, and this was the California regional MLS, which has more than 108,000 subscribers. To give you some um, some perspective here, there's... 1.5 million realtors in the all of the U.S. So I mean, you're almost at you know 10 of the of, of of the realtor population. And what they talk about here is that some of the changes that they're they're rolling out on are going to be how listing agents and brokers appear on online listing pages, eliminating a rule regarding the commingling of listings, and stepping up enforcement of rules regarding pocket listing and coming soon listings. So 
what they specifically did, um, they have a listing credit rule for listings that are distributed to agent and broker websites through the internet data exchange feeds. And the IDX feed uh, feeds pool listings from all subscribers in an MLS to allow the subscribers to display all the listings that are available. And they're calling this update the IDX Transparency Initiative. Riveting topic here. <laughs> um, but, but basically what it says is that the previous rule, all the listing uh, displays identify the name of the listing firm and the name of the listing agent in a manner to easily identify such listing firm or agent and the name of the co-listing agent firm and et cetera. So they, they, if you go to like our website and it's on our listing, it'll say listed by XYZ Brokerage and Joe Smith Realtor. So that's what it says at the bottom. Now what they're going to do um, is that the new rule says all listing brokers grant permission for any advertising broker to display any listing submitted to the service by the listing broker only if the listing display or advertisement is clear so that a reasonable real estate consumer understands who the agent is, who's the advertising broker, and how to contact the listing agent or the broker. So basically, they're going to put contact information up on these websites. So if you go to a REMAX website, it's going to have all the Berkshire Hathaway listings and you know how to contact them. So there was an FAQ about this. And then I want to hear what you think, Stacey. Um, and the CRMLS said that it was acting based on subscriber feedback that agents and brokers presented their ideas to the rules committee. And it was composed of active real estate professionals from each association board and MLS that participate. And uh, they refine their feedback before presenting it. And the goal of the rule is to address consumer frustrations because many consumers have become frustrated at the lack of transparency on listing detail pages. They call the phone number or click contact the agent and they see that in an advertisement expecting to speak with the listing agent instead of getting the advertising broker. What do you think about all this? Well, I, I totally understand this because there's many times that people call in and they think they're calling the listing agent. Um, I, I'm all for transparency. 100%. The more transparent everything is, the better. What I'm... Um, concerned about is that the consumers are going to be directed all the time now to the listing agents and they might not understand dual agency uh, and it might not be explained to them. So they might not have their own full representation of a buyer's agent. So that's my concern. So, so let's explain dual agency for everyone listening. So dual agency can happen in two ways. One would be if another agent from the firm is representing the buyer and the seller. So if Stacy and I are working on a transaction, I have the buy side, she has the sell side, that's dual agency without a conflict. Then there's dual agency with a potential conflict. And, and this varies from state to state. So this is Pennsylvania only, where I have a listing, someone calls me, I say, great, let's go look at the property. Then they want to buy it. Then I could function as a dual agent there. I don't. I I, norm, I I rarely have done this because it's only when I'm asked to by the clients because I want to make sure the interest is split. Not a lot of agents operate that way. That's a we. That's that's what I've done personally. I've made a decision to do that. So there's never like a question or like a a, a conflict or any like tension between the myself and 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 the consumer because I don't want them to think I'm not working for them. So because of that. You can do that. You can work both sides. And a lot of people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. The flip side is some people think, 
well, if I call the listing agent, I'm going to get a better deal. Right. Which you, the listing agent and the seller have already signed a contract spelling out what the compensation is. So, uh, you, you know, I think you, you have a really good point. And I've always felt that calling the listing agent when you're a buyer is like calling your husband or your wife's divorce attorney in the middle of the nastiest divorce ever. And you don't want that person handling both sides. You need your own hired gun, whatever you want to call it, your advocate in the transaction mm -hmm. to represent your interest. So that is a major concern that I have about this. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, I mean, I, I do understand where, where people are coming from here, too. You know, really, it's just, I, I, my view is people don't read what they're looking at half the time. I mean, how many times do you see somebody, whether it's a real estate agent, um, a cons they, just, they just don't read what's yeah. going on. Right. Like they just hit a button and they want something to happen. And I think that's society in general where that's a real problem because I mean, you can go right on our website, right? So tomtool.com. We have one of these. We have IDX feeds and you go down the listing section and you click on that. And literally it says right underneath courtesy of this one says DR DR Horton realty of Pennsylvania. That's a builder. So it tells us exactly who that is. Mm -hmm. And what, what they talk about in this article here is that what's, what's a, and I found this to be kind of funny. What's a reasonable real estate <laughs> consumer. I thought that was funny. too. And how they define it is it doesn't, the policy doesn't spell out exactly what makes, um, what, what a reasonable real estate consumer is. And then they go on to say they have some FAQs that it should not take a reasonable real estate consumer longer than five seconds of looking at the listing to be able to make the determinations required by the rule. Most consumers do not expect to see the details about the listing agent and broker as part of a list of multiple properties returning from a search on the small card shown on a map search page. Um, display listing agent and broker's name with their contact information. Close to the photos, price, bed, bath, and property description. And if the website design team is questioning or debating if their design of the location of attribution meets the new consumer, then it probably does not. Which I, I, I think that that third part's kind of, kind of silly because if they're asking, maybe they should provide more guidance if you're having this rule. So, do, do you think this is going to stick? Like, I mean, talk to me more about this because I, I just don't know that. I mean, I, I know what most of these website providers out there. They're actually really particular about listing all this information, mm -hmm. even, even a, a, a brokerage specific site will do the same thing. So mm -hmm. do you think, I mean, do you think this is going to make our, its way out to, out to our way and, 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 and with our MLS? It, it definitely could. Um, because typically if it starts in California, it definitely makes its way East. Um, so it could make its way here, but that is the concern. Um, folks, a lot of buyers, I mean, if, if you only buy one home in your lifetime or maybe two, um, initially right off the jump, you might not have an understanding of the different agency types. Mm -hmm. And that's why if you're calling directly to the listing agent, you just, you could assume that, well, that's who I have to contact sure. in order to get the information on the home. So the consumer really just needs a lot more information, um, out there in front of them that they have an option to have their own representation, to have a buyer's agent that's going to uh, pull for them 110%. Um, I, I'm like you, Tom. I don't like to work both sides of the deal. Mm -hmm. I just, um, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't want people to question me, uh, you know, if I'm working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't like dual agency. Um, but I think there's going to be issues with that. I think there's going to be problems. I think some consumers are going to uh, just reach out to the listing agent and there might not be um, clarity on on the roles 
um, and they might uh, end up getting in, into a situation they did not necessarily want to be in. You know, looking at my crystal ball here, because I, I jumped on a couple different websites and just did some searches and all these websites, Keller Williams, Remax. I mean, you can tell right away who's the listing agent. It literally says here listed by XYZ firm right at the bottom. So if they want name and phone number, that's fine. They still may not, you know, reach out to that listing agent. I would say this lasts until there's a lawsuit. And then there's some lawsuit saying, hey, I didn't I didn't want to contact the listing agent. Or this person didn't have my best interest in mind or whatever it could be. And I, that, that to me is going to be where the challenge is. Um, and, and they actually, in the article, they show the current listing credits. And it's the same thing where they have listed by XYZ or ABC or whomever. And what they wanted to say is kind of like what Zillow does. Mm -hmm. Or if you go to Zillow's website, um, I mean, and, and, and Zillow probably does this for a reason, right? So... Let's just look up properties in Ballakinwood, since that's where we're sitting right now. And you go on the Zillow's website. It has the same, here's the listing agent at the bottom. And then when you click on it, you have to uh, you know, scroll down pretty, but it does have the listing agent, the name of the company, and the phone number. And it's kind of right there. It's not very difficult to find. It takes maybe two or three seconds. So if you look at the screenshots on this article, I think that's what they're going to be looking for. Um, and then they actually, they, they showed before and after, uh, kind of, kind of scenarios where it's like at the bottom right hand corner, it just has a phone number and a name there, which that some websites already do that. Mm -hmm. I, I would imagine what's going to happen here is given all these lawsuits that are out there, you know, you have NAR DOJ, you have the class action suit against NAR and all the major real estate companies. This is going to be something that is part of the new implementation. And it may be why NAR and DOJ, where the DOJ pulled the settlement off the table because they want to adjust some of these things. Because gotcha. if you look at, I mean, you look at what this, this is kind of coming out something new. I could see this being part of that, 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 that settlement mm -hmm. of overpaying with buyer agent fees and, and everything else. So this could be the new way that things are done. I don't know if it's going to change consumer behavior that much because people don't want to pick up the phone and call. They typically want to get more information about a property. Right. And when they're searching for properties, what I know about consumers is that when they search for properties, they want property information. Mm -hmm. When they search for agents, that's when they're interviewing agents. So, I, you know, it's and, and if it does, I mean, if it does change, this becomes a national thing. Then you got to worry, like, look at like, what's going to happen to Zillow and Redfin and right. these other companies where they're totally portal based. I mean, are they going to go out of business? Um, you know, Zillow uh, had an emailed statement that came out that said, as part of our switch to IDX feeds and becoming CRMLS participants earlier this year, we agreed to comply with all CRMLS rules and regulations, which ex which includes adhering to listing credit and display rules, such as the updates that went into effect. One of our core values is to empower consumers and increase transparency in real estate, which includes efforts to give shoppers the information they need to connect with listing agents. For more than a decade, our philosophy of turning on the lights for consumers has meant we've consistently displayed listing agents' names, contact information, something not done on all IDX sites today. So, and maybe that's why they have, they've kind of gotten ahead of this. Uh, also, too, I mean, they, they've got some connections in California, so maybe they knew this was coming. <laughs> um, now, Redfin doesn't look like that. When you look at the two websites, um, I mean, Redfin kind of buries the information a little more, and they did not respond to a comment. So... You know, that Redfin's a company that I think is going to be a little more vulnerable here than than others. Um, so th this is going to be interesting. I mean, wh what do you mm -hmm. think about all this? Yeah, I, I, how I, 
get how you brought it into that uh, lawsuit, the DOJ lawsuit against the NRA or NAR. Um, wrong, wrong NRA, <laughs> wrong, wrong organization. My here. brain is a little fuzzy. That's but okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm getting through. Um, yeah. So you're, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. Um, they knew these other things were probably in play and it's going to be all bundled together. So I think you're right about that. There's also a piece of this here before we wrap and move on to the final segment. The CRMLS, four months ago, they declared Saturday a business day, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, that, that to me is, 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 is a bit crazy. Just because mm-hmm. real estate agents tend to work seven days a week, mm-hmm. guess what? Now we lost the day on the weekend. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I, I hate yep. that. I hate that declaration. I know why they did it. They eliminated the term business day from its rules, except for its clear cooperation policy, which was instituted by NAR and went into effect last year which requires all the listing brokers to submit a listing to the MLS within one business day. So um, except for that policy, all references to days in the CRMLS will refer to calendar days. And it also revides its rules to make violations um, of the clear cooperation policy no longer eligible for a warning before a citation is issued. I like that because if you're going to have a policy, you got to find the people. I've seen people violate this left and right. Mm-hmm. And I don't report people for business. I'm here to empower our agents to sell more homes. So I don't got time for all that nonsense. Right. But you see it happen constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I get emails from people. Hey, this will be on the market in six months. And they're coming from another brokerage. And it's not on the MLS. Well, that that's violating this policy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, and, and um, they, they have a pretty heavy fine system. So the citation policy um, that the, for, for the clear cooperation policy, they, uh, amount to 1% of the list price, no less than 500 and not to exceed $2,500. Bright will fine you five grand. So it's even yeah, more. That's tough. Uh, but they have the warning. So, uh, and it says that per the rule change, subscribers who fail to obtain a coming soon form before submitting a listing also not just receive a warning, they're going to get a fine right away. Uh, I, I do like that they're going right to fines because I, I do feel that there's people that I, I don't feel, I know there's people that violate this. And we have a very strict policy. And our team where we got to have all the paperwork. Yep. Here's how we do things. We're going to completely abide by this. Mm-hmm. So I do like that they're enforcing that. What, what do you think about the clear cooperation policy and their approach there? Well, yeah, like you said, if, if there's a policy, you have to enforce it. And for them just to be giving warnings, uh, there's, you know, people are going to continue to push the limits. They always do until there is definitely, um, you know, enforcement. It's just like anything. It's just like anything. People push the limits. Um, but if they know, oh, uh, you know, I better not do this because I am going to get fined. I'm not just going to get a warning. Uh, they'll think twice. They should think twice. I mean, yeah. this is, if again, if there's a rule in place, you got to follow it. I mean, these yeah, and, by the rules. Th- that, yep. that's all there is to it. And there's a lot of ramifications here. This isn't like a board game or Monopoly <laughs> you're playing with your family. This is people's lives at stake yeah. where they want to live in a certain home and maybe they get screwed out of a house. I mean, that that's really what they're trying to prevent to. And the last thing they did is they eliminated uh, the ability of subscribers to commingle CRMLS listings with listings from other MLS sources in their IDX displays. So we're all in one MLS. However, South Jersey, if you're down the shore points, they have like three MLSs that they're in, uh, depending on like if you're in LBI or you're in Atlantic City or you're in like Cape May, for example. Um, and commingling of listings, uh, what, what they mean there is homes that, you know, are, are coming from different MLS sources or different data feeds. And that's been pretty public about the Rex lawsuit 
um, between Rex and NAR and Zillow over the optional rule that allows MLSs to require listings from the MLS um, and listings from non-MLS sources are displayed separately. So what do you think about that? Mm, wow. There's probably going to be a lot of people upset about that, <laughs> that mm -hmm. they can't co-mingle. Yeah. Um, again, it's, you know, you have to just, it. they're trying to just reduce, um, you know, trying to keep everything more simple, I guess, um, and keeping everything in its rightful place. So, you know, there's something to be said about that. I was not aware of the commingling in, in Jersey. So, well, it's um, just, it's, it's, it's it, the MLSs are, I, I mean, there should just be one MLS. Yeah. I mean, a national MLS would, would be a lot easier. You know, you open the mm -hmm. offices up, have a merger. Mm -hmm. I was at the T3 conference a couple of years ago. It's, it's where they have all like the CEOs from around the country come in. So, like Robert Refkin's there from Compass and Rich Barton and um, Josh Bolgram was there from Remax and all sorts of people. And there's all these MLS CEOs there. And I'm thinking to myself, right. what the heck are these guys doing? Right. Like, I understand that it's, it's a service, but do you really need someone that's a CEO captaining that? And then we go to find out that there's people on the board that are with Long and Foster, but they sit on a Berkshire Hathaway board and it's, you wow. know, where, where's the interest? So, right. you know, the co-mingling thing, I, I think all, all that's happening here is, the, is this. California is the typical... CYA state. They will do everything to cover their butt. And I think this particular MLS is just getting way ahead of all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see all these things get implemented across the country. And it's going to take some time. And they're just doing it now to prevent the problems later. So what I appreciate about this from a business sense is that they're saying, hey, we're just going to be so overly compliant that when things change or there's one of these lawsuits or there's a court ruling, because these lawsuits have been going on for like years. Right. They're going to already be done, and they're not going to have to go through the pain of telling 108,000 realtors, which, I, which, good luck with that. <laughs> that hey, you got to change how you've been doing things because we know real estate is full of people doing things a certain way because that's how they've always been done. So I, that that to me is the the main observation here. They're just trying to get ahead of it. They want to mm -hmm. start the changes now. They're going to push people to do it, and that's going to be the way things are. Right. So yeah, they're preemptively doing the changes because they know it's coming. So and. That being said, if it happens in California, it's definitely going to trickle over to the East Coast. Well, and, and all you people thinking about getting into real estate out there, this is why it's so important to connect with an organization that is ahead of the industry trends. Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee you, 95% of the population right now in the greater Philadelphia area, this isn't even on their radar. Right. They don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about getting into real estate and you want to connect with an organization that's doing that, Check out our real estate scholarship program. It's realestatescholarshipprogram.com. You can go right there. We got all the info, no license, no problem. And on that note, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break because we've talked enough about California <laughs> covering everyone's butt. Yep. And we're going to come back and talk about this article that names Exton as one of the top places to live in the country wow. and other things we kind of see in real estate like this article because this isn't the first time something like this has happened. So this mm -hmm. is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet 
As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered... All right, 15, stand by. Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-692. Five seconds, coming back. TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right, all right. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. We got Nick Wolf manning the live stream on Facebook and YouTube. Again, Google Tom Tool Sales Group or just search it on Facebook or YouTube. We are streaming the show every week. We are also affiliated with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. And Stacy, we had this article come out. I've seen these before. This came out yesterday. And it comes from, uh, they, they talk about it on Inman, but I guess it was a survey on realorder.com um, of the, here, here, ready for the title? Best family-friendly suburbs of 2021. And our own Exton, Pennsylvania came in number six on the list. Very exciting. (laughs) What do you think about all this? (laughs) Exton. I was like, oh, okay. It probably wouldn't have been um, in our area in Chester County would have been the first pick. But I'm so excited. I mean, that's to me, it's pretty exciting. Anytime you appear on a list of, you know, any of the top um, 20 or 25 I mean, Chester County is what in the top twenty-five? Chester County is typically one of the counties? places. Yes, that 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 is mm-hmm. accurate. So, would um, you make that list? Well, so here, here's what the description says, and and this brings up an interesting topic. Um, so, another city that is run by people coming in from the suburbs. Philadelphia has no shortage of sprawling suburbs to choose from in all directions. Exton may not be quite as quaint and leafy as some of the other suburbs on this list. But a number of big box stores, parks, and highly developed infrastructure make it a popular choice for those coming into the city, or commuting into the city, excuse me, even working in New York, a two-hour drive and two-and-a-half-hour train ride away could be done in exchange for the large yard for the kids. You know, <laughs> I've seen these lists so many times. A couple years ago, West Goshen was like number 11. Um, Ardmore was listed as the top place for young people to move to, and you know, I, I think what it speaks to is that we have a great community here and there, there's so many different places to live because Exton does have a lot of conveniences. There's a lot of shopping around there. I mean, I grew up in Chester Springs, which I, I worked at the Exton Square Mall in high school and it was like five stores in there. So it's come a long way. So that that's all really cool. And there's a lot of these town centers being built, which Exton has. Main Street was yes. like one of the first ones. Yes. Now they have the place in uh, Malvern where Wegmans is. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, you look at, you know, what's happened in some other Places like the King of Prussia Town Center is mm-hmm. is, is very you know v- has a lot of activity. So there's a lot of places like this. 
now it, it just tells me we live in we live in a nice market. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we already know that. I don't really take it for more than that. I mean, what's the difference? Like Exton, like who's to say Westchester is not as nice as Exton right, or right. media is not as nice? I mean, it, it's kind of silly to me. What it what it did bring up is the thing. This is going to lead to. I guarantee you, you're going to see listings over the next twelve months. Move to the number six family friendly suburb in <laughs> Pennsylvania or in the entire country. Yes. And how? I mean, I, I would I would bet money on this right now. A lot of money that realtors are going to start using this almost immediately. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Rated. You know. <laughs> By who? I don't even know yeah, what this means. I, <laughs> by markets and economy. Yes, rated number six on the list. Yeah. I think you're right. They're going to use it in advertising. Um, and it, it, hey, it's going to bring, not like we don't have an influx already because uh, the COVID market, definitely we've seen an influx of folks coming from the cities, New York City, Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Um, they're all coming to the burbs. So this is just going to fuel that and uh, it's going to continue to grow. Um, it's interesting. It also lists the median July home prices. Um, at five seventy eight, so that's a pretty hefty median home price there. Well, the thing about Exton is it it and take this everyone who lives in Exton, please. It's not a real city, mm-hmm. right? It's not a city. You're either in Euclid Township, right, or you're in East Whiteland Township, mm-hmm. and those are totally separate school districts, mm-hmm. totally separate municipalities. You know, right. Lower Marion, where I live, is full of this stuff. You got like nine different zip codes that people say they live in. <laughs> And there's a little bit right. of a different feel from Exton to other parts of Euclid mm-hmm. and Exton to other parts of East Whiteland when you get in like Malvern and Downingtown. So so I get that. Right. I, I just it, the whole thing to me is funny. And, and really what the list did is they took the biggest um, metro markets and just picked the pick the town. Mm-hmm. But what this brought up to me is the stuff that realtors are going to use and realtors are going to say they're going to be totally yeah. ridiculous. So <laughs> right. yeah. I came up with a list and I wanted to kind of get your your feedback on this of some mm-hmm. of the most cliched things you hear in real estate. Yep. Some of the silliest things you hear because we we know that Exxon's a great place to live. We have a lot of clients that live there. I grew up out that way. It's got a, the mall actually is 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 pretty nice if if you like going to malls. I I try to avoid shopping at all costs. Um so I wanted to run some of these things by you and see if this is stuff you think realtors actually say or don't say because a lot of times when they say this, I look at them and I'm like, man, you have no idea what you're talking about. So the first one is, and have you, have you seen this um, on like the signs that riders out front? Honey, stop the car. Have you seen these things? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think of when you see that? Um, yeah, no, it's okay. Don't stop the car. <laughs> I mean, have they heard of the yeah. internet? I mean, it's <laughs> right, just... exactly. Right. Um, most people, that's if they see something they like and there's a sign in the yard, they're going to look it up on their phones. You know, they're going to Google search it right away, not stop the car. I mean, uh, you know what? I mean, it's just, it, I, I, I used to get calls all the time when I got into the business. Hey, we're right outside the home. We saw the sign. Back in, you know, 2001, sure, makes sense. Like people, I mean, you couldn't, they didn't even have pictures on the MLS then. Mm-hmm. So that was a much different time. Now things are a lot different. So that was one that jumped out at me. What are some of the other <laughs> things you you hear people say or even like consumers say that are kind of cliched in real estate? Because there's a ton of them here. And I think it's important for people to understand mm-hmm. if you want to fake it till you make it or look like you know what you're talking about, just don't say any of these things whatsoever. Won't last on the market. Mm-hmm. And it's got like, two, it's been on the market 210 <laughs> days. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Be sure to see it because it's not going to last. And it's like, well, it's still sitting there. Um, as a matter of fact, I just did a showing on one of those the other day. You must see the inside. Um, you know, there, that's another one. Um, the Pottery Barn style. 
I don't even know what that means. I mean, does it mean right. it, it's like painted nicely and has like normal furniture? I I I, I see that like and agents will put this in like you'll love this pottery barn style pottery barn style home. Right. I don't I don't like I, I, I've never even been to pottery barn. I think uh, that might be keying to people who are into that design. But if you've never been to pottery barn, you would have no clue. And honestly, I wouldn't know what that means either. I just assume it's like that farm style, farm chic style design that's in. A lot of the homes. <laughs> what a lot of people don't get is that there's so much video. Like we, I mean, yes. you know, Nick is part of our team full time, right? His job is to video listings, take pick. You don't need to explain what, what the color and, and schematic is. It's more the features, the important stuff. Because mm -hmm. most people, they don't even look at the description as much as they used to because mm -hmm. you have these great photos and video that are there. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's something it's just, I, I don't know. I, I'd love to know who made that up. And I if I was pottery one, I'd want like a trademark and some royalties <laughs> from that. Exactly. But people, they don't even most of the time read the description. That's kind of the, uh, the after event, they go straight to the pictures first. Mm -hmm. They scroll through every single picture and then they'll, you know, reach out to, to an agent and we talk about it. And I said, well, you know, it says it has A, B, C, X, Y, Z. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't even read that. Um, so from that's from firsthand experience. So yeah, they go right to the pictures. Well, and I love when people call a place like quaint or cozy. And I'm like, do, do I you, love that. Like, is it small? Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? Like, cozy. it's it's an undersized house, or right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's or like an up and coming neighborhood. Like, yeah. what, what does that What's even that mean? mean? Yeah. Ooh, what does that mean? Up and coming neighborhood. So according to U.S. Mm -hmm. News and World Report. They did um, uh, an article a few years ago about the eight home selling buzzwords that annoy consumers the most. Mm -hmm. And they said the description uh, of being in an up and coming neighborhood takes on a whole new meaning and usually not a positive one. Mm -hmm. And then they get into things like it, it's probably somewhere that's being gentrified and it hasn't been fully gentrified yet. And that, that's kind of putting it nicely. And we got to be really careful what we say here. Right. But it almost like violates fair housing when you totally. do that. Totally. Like, what, what is that? I mean, you know, I, I just don't understand what that means. I mean, it's just, hey, hey it's located in XYZ town. Right. I say just leave that statement out altogether. That's another good one. Mm -hmm. um, what about when the realtor tells you, hey, I've been doing this for 30 years? Yeah, I know. I hear that a lot. So well, what, so what precedes that or, or what happens afterwards? Does it, does it mean that they've been, they, they, they haven't innovated their business? Do they use carbon copy <laughs> contracts? Yeah, it seems like that. Um but it's funny, when, I guess, I don't know why they throw that out there. I, I guess they want to just make you aware that they're very experienced and they know, you know, they know what's going on. So for all the realtors listening, when someone says that to you, mm -hmm. I would encourage you to go to the MLS and look up their production from the past year and see if they sold anything in the past 20 years, because that's going to make <laughs> you feel a lot better. Usually right. it's like an intimidation tactic. It's like, hey, I, I know what I'm doing here. I've never seen this before. And mm -hmm. just because you've been doing something a long time and haven't changed the way you do business at all, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean anything. Um, I, I can vividly remember that you know, we, we uh, have uh, streamlined settlements for our sellers where there's no reason for them to go at this point. And we did this years ago. And I would get such pushback from these agents. What do you mean no one's going to be at the inspection? What do you mean no one's going to be at the settlement? And I said, well, the inspector's going to be there. The buyer's going to be there. Right. Um, you know, and they're like, well, why aren't you going to be there? And I said, well, I'm not an inspector and our attorney recommended we don't mm -hmm. go. And they're like, I, I've never heard of this. And I'm right. said, well, I've maybe been doing this 20 years. Yeah. And then I'm like, great. Well, th that doesn't really mean anything. And I, I you know, I think it's just a mm -hmm. people, real estate is full of people doing things a certain way because that's how they always have done it and they don't innovate. Right. And that's what you see a lot of. And these are the people getting getting pushed out of the industry that have the honey stop the car signs on the top of their <laughs> listings. You know, the other cliche thing in, in um, descriptions, boasts. I don't like that. 
like the great room <laughs> boasts a lot of sunlight. And it's like, let's choose something a little bit more. I don't know. That one drives me nuts, that cliche term. Well, is that even the right usage of the word? <laughs> right. Because boasting usually means like bragging. And, right. and I, it, it, you know, that would mean to me, let's look this up here because I think this is, we'll actually look up the de definition mm -hmm. because that would mean it like possesses in, in that sense. So the two ways to use boast according to a Google search is, oh, actually it is possess. So yeah. you may not like it, but at least it is grammatically correct because okay. most people can't even... Yeah. I mean, I get emails from some of these people. They can't even like form a sentence or they're not punctuated properly. So, uh, but if you don't like it, you don't like it, Stacey. No, no judgment here. Don't like that one. Yeah. So what, what about um, like when that, when they say it's like, I mean, it, it's like, it, it's close to everything. I mean, or, or they're everything. Well, or I serious buyers only. <laughs> I mean, like, do you think like, what's that supposed to say to buyers that are right. looking? Well, I'm serious if I like the property. I just think those couple of things mm -hmm. or this home has it all. I mean, I don't even know what all means. I mean, that's going to mean, I, I just, seems like a lot of people just like talk in circles. I don't know. Yeah. I think they just want to fill it up with a bunch of words to make it look like a nice big description. So it's not necessary. The advice we have for realtors, talk like a normal human being. Yes. On that note. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio. You want to follow us on Facebook. It's Tom Tool Sales Group. There's Tool with an E. You can check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can follow Stacy on Instagram at the number 2, M-I-T-C-H-C-O, at 2 Mitchco. You can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD, at Tom Tool 3rd. You want to email the show. It's info at tooltimeradio.com. We will see you next week. This is WWDB, 860 AM.